Merry Christmas, everybody, and thank you for downloading episode 43 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. One quick correction. We did not credit one of the other people who originally suggested this topic. In fact, it was suggested as best holiday movie by Marcus and Taya on our Facebook wall, as well as Bran Wafer on Reddit. So they share credit together, like a Lennon and McCartney of suggesting topics. Also, don't forget, you can still get tickets for our January 10th live recording. It is 12.30 p.m. at the Punchline in San Francisco as part of San Francisco Sketchfest. We've got Adam Savage. We're going to be talking Star Wars versus Star Trek. It's going to be a lot of fun to see us live. We've got Carter Parton Rogers opening for us. To get your tickets, go to bit.ly.com forward slash we got SF ticks. That's T-I-X. And now... Without any further ado, here's episode 43 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Christmas movie. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And tomorrow is Christmas Eve, Mark. I, I'm so excited. Uh, we're recording this early, obviously, but I'm already excited. And tomorrow isn't even physically Christmas Eve yet for us, but it is for you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Now, do you, you're in, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Do not call it Myrtle Beach. Boy, do they make a distinction here. Oh, really? Is yeah. it that, like, See, I grew up in Philadelphia, but I grew up in the Northeast, which is a like a neighborhood that holds itself. They actually tried to secede from the rest of Philadelphia unsuccessfully, and I think <laughs> oh, like during the seventies or eighties during the Civil War of the Philadelphia Civil War. Yeah, the famous Philadelphia Civil War. I'm sure Frank Rizzo was involved. So, but like I understand that thing of no, we're North Myrtle Beach. Yeah, Myrtle Beach is the trash heap behind you. Yeah, Myrtle uh, Beach is that is that place where rednecks go to ride go karts. This is North Myrtle <laughs> Beach. Uh, it is beautiful by way, here, by the way. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't mean to disparage Myrtle Beach or North Myrtle Beach, though it does have its share of rednecks uh, riding go karts. So does my hometown. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really pretty. We're having a great time. The uh, we've become a bit of a family since there are you know we're we're kind of a crazy little circus that's uh, been plopped down in the middle of this town. And Juliana has really taken under her wing the two French boys in the show who are eight and five. And, uh, they run her around, but she can't say no to their tiny French accents. No, you, oh, geez. I mean, a French accent on its own is nice. When you put it on a yeah. kid, it's unstoppable. Yeah. A French accent uh, on a five year old who also exchanges his R's and his W's. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't understand anything that child said. <laughs> You'd be that cynical old man going, ah, what? <laughs> um, I wouldn't be. I am that man. I, wait, I want to ask you before we jump into our topic. Mm -hmm. Do you have a Christmas tree up? Did you, have you put one up? How I put up, we put up a, we are staying in a, uh, a two bedroom apartment 
on the beach in North Myrtle Beach that uh, the company is putting us up in. And it is part of a like multi multi unit four tower hotel resort. Um, mm-hmm. And even in a hotel resort, we thought we were going to be in trouble for it. We put up our Christmas tree, I think, like December 2nd. <laughs> like, like, I think on like a black, there was Black Friday and then we had Green Saturday, like Green Saturday. We put up our Christmas tree. <laughs> um, and we were, we were ready to go, man. We've had this thing up for a while. Like our Christmas tree is at the point now where like we keep having to fill it up with more and more water because it's already drying out and physically to us today. I know on the, the broadcast, it's the day before Christmas or the day before Christmas Eve, but, uh, is it called a broadcast? The podcast. Uh, oh, I just now realized where that word came from. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learn something new every this, day. Um, such a show of discovery for you. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Do you have a Christmas tree up? Yes. Yes. We've had ours up uh, almost uh, as quickly as you did, maybe a week later. Mm-hmm. And we have, um, you know, I'm Jewish and my, my wife is Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. So we have a really nice mix of traditional ornaments. That, that clearly have come from, from her traditions. And then for me, there's like a Philadelphia Eagle snowman, a Darth Vader, <laughs> a, a, a Philadelphia Phillies. And, and then we, we, we bought together a Wally and Eve. Oh, very cute. Near the top. Very and I'm cute. looking at it right now. I'm actually recording in front of the, and, and here's the other. See, I, I like, um, the color lights mm-hmm. that blink. And Jennifer oh. likes the solid lights that are, that are white. Sure. Because that, she likes, she likes to make the tree pretty and you like to make the tree you. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. We have a little bit of that. We have a combination. Um, we have only the white solid lights on our tree, but we have colored lights. We have decorated this whole place. Uh, there are terrible yeah. paintings in this place that we have Christmas wrapped. So they're hanging up on the wall. Um, <laughs> but we have, uh, our, our duo, like we bought together is, uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy. Um, Beautiful. so that's, uh, that's also near the top of our tree. Ours is, um, it's a handful. It's like a shoebox worth of ornaments that we brought with us that are like, these are our ornaments. And, right. uh, and then the rest of them, we just like filled out the tree with, you know, Walgreens sells the big thing of just like Christmas balls, you know? Yeah, but there's like a shoebox worth of ones that are ours and that are special to us. Uh, one of them is Hal Lublin. Do you know this? Do you have oh, this one on your tree? <laughs> I don't. I don't have. I don't think I have that set Hal, of ornaments. I have it on my tree, and you don't. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there is a there is a spooky Hal from Beyond Belief of the Thrilling Adventure Hour uh, Christmas tree ornament that is Hal with a very grumpy looking face wearing a Santa hat. And uh, that is hanging up on our tree right now. I think it's okay for you to have me on your tree. I think it's weird for me to have me on my tree. Hey, man, George Thorogood wears a George Thorogood in the Destroyers t-shirt in his concerts. Yeah, but he's George Thorogood. You know what, Hal? You are bad to the bone. <laughs> Thank you. I hope he ha- uh, that he's seeing a speech therapist. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's nice that he's finally getting that taken care of. Uh, yeah, his name is, would, his name is actually George Surrogood, but, you know, one speech impediment at a time. <laughs> he, he, for most people who are stutterers, singing helps you overcome the stutter. That's what I've heard. He only stutters when he sings. 
He has the uh, opposite disease. For here's a little bit of uh of trivia for um Danny Glover, who is epileptic, being on stage was the only thing that controlled his epilepsy. Really? Mm-hmm. He would come off stage uh, and have seizures. True story. Here is another uh, piece of trivia for you. A famous stutterer that you might not know was a stutterer is James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader. Wow. Could you – I you know what? I almost did the most stand-up comic-y thing ever, and I'm not even going to go there. I'm proud of you. You're really growing. Thank you. Should we talk about Christmas movies? Yeah. This is best Christmas movie. Now, this is uh, this is rare. So a couple of episodes ago – the topic that, that we discussed had been suggested by a Reddit user named Brandwafer. Mm-hmm. And Brandwafer didn't suggest just one topic. Brandwafer suggested a series of topics of which this was one. So Brandwafer, I think, is our first two-time uh, suggester. The first wow. time we've taken two suggestions from one person. Thank you very much, Brandwafer. Um, and you, thank you Brand. for keeping us all regular. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, you couldn't avoid all the jokes. No, look, if I'm not going to stutter as Darth Vader, I'm going to at least throw a couple of dumb jokes in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, and also I would like to give a shout out to our researcher, Kate, the librarian. Um, and Kate has compiled a list of Christmas movies. She's gone through and she's, um, Figured out little facts and details and dates about the greatest Christmas movies, which incidentally, we did not give her a list of Christmas movies. We've added to and augmented this list since she gave it to us, but she's the one that presented us with here is the list, uh, as I see it. So I feel like in this particular episode, Kate is like the initial gatekeeper. You know yes. what I mean? Like she's the bouncer at the door of movies that are gonna, that could potentially be on the list. Um, now we did add a couple that like, that weren't on the original VIP list for the party, but we were like, oh no, 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 they're with us. And we moved the velvet rope aside and let them in. (laughs) Um, yeah, this is another, this is another one of those topics like Christmas song where, I I mean, and again, like uh, TV theme song where we, there are so many movies, there are so many Christmas movies that we're bound to miss a few, but Mm -hmm. we're going to try to at least mention as many as possible. Although we know something like, uh, Santa Claus conquers the Martians is not going to be the winner. We just want right. to recognize that it does exist. We got it. We understand. We recognize and it. Now we're moving on. Um, should we in that, uh, should we in that regard, uh, get rid of a bunch of them right off the bat? That we know our sure. beloved movies that take place at Christmas. We'd like to give the honorable mentions to them. We love these movies too, but I feel like for, at least for me, the, the sentiment behind a Christmas movie is a big part of what makes it a Christmas movie, not just that the setting is at Christmas time. So I'm, I know that people are not going to like this because so many people claim this is the best Christmas movie of all time. I'm going to eliminate Die Hard, and well, along with second. it, I'm going to eliminate. I'm going to eliminate Lethal Weapon. Can you convince hold me on. otherwise that those Whoa. are the greatest Christmas movies ever made? Let me let me put those back on the table for just a second. All right, I'll tell you how I judge a Christmas movie. I judge it as uh, it can be a movie that takes place at Christmas. Christmas must must at least be an important character mm-hmm. in the in the film, and it just has to be a great movie. 
So it's possible that the best Christmas movie is is not a movie about the meaning of Christmas or or even fully a Christmas uh, a tale of Christmas. So and I'll give you an example. Ben Blacker, mm-hmm. uh, to his mind, every year he watches Gremlins around Christmas time, and Gremlins takes place at Christmas. Is it a traditional Christmas film the way that you've defined it? No, but it is uh, it is a movie in which Christmas plays an important part. And and for that reason, here here's what I will uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bargain I'm gonna bargain early. Okay, say, I will eliminate I will happily eliminate Lethal Weapon, although I love the movie. Mm-hmm. And and say that that in that movie it's not as integral that it's Christmas time. Although that is that is somewhat important to the movie, but it's not as big a character. For me, okay. Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. Christmas is the entire reason why he's taking a trip in the first place. He wants to see his kids on Christmas. He's visiting his estranged wife's Christmas party, and then all hell breaks loose, and he is trapped in a building. And I, I remember seeing that movie in the theaters. And thinking it was spectacular. And it's Christmas even down to – and this is not a spoiler. If you've not seen Die Hard by now, then you should see it. But when he uh, when he shoots Hans Gruber at the end, he has the his gun taped to his back with Christmas tape. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will – you know what? If you will – if you, I will – I will uh, – I will seed – Die Hard and leave it on the list. And I will also put Gremlins on the list because sure. the Mogwai is a Christmas present. And yes. it's about these Gremlins wreaking havoc on a Christmas. So that said, what are the movies that we can eliminate, though, that are not really Christmas movies? We had just come up with – did you write these down? I didn't. We were just talking about yes, them before we started. I sure did. Well, to, to go – to give you a full Shane Black trilogy, Shane Black being the man who was the screenwriter of Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, he also wrote a movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that takes place at Christmas. Yeah, an awesome – a super awesome that. dude and his movies are really, really fun. Uh, yes, he also wrote and directed Iron Man 3, which is uh, for some people the best of the Iron Man film. But that might be a separate episode for us mm-hmm. another time when there are 900 Iron Man films. Um <laughs> Uh, Brazil. <laughs> the Another idea that Brazil is a place? Christmas movie. It, it's like maybe at, at John Waters' house. Yes. <laughs> We're all going to sit around and watch Brazil. <laughs> this chair was made out of a pink poodle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else is on that list? Okay. So we have um, the third in the Shane Black trilogy, the man who uh, wrote – Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. He also wrote and directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So, uh, but n- you know, neither of those films are as good as Die Hard in terms of being a Christmas movie. Uh, he also wrote and directed Iron Man 3, which is potentially the best of the Iron Man films. Maybe that'll be another episode sometime. So we're not going to definitively rule on that right now. Um, and I'm going to run through these and I want you to stop me if I hit one that you feel should be pulled out. Okay. Okay, pulled out and saved. Pulled out and saved. Okay. So we've got Reindeer Games, In Bruges, Bridget Jones's Diary, Edward Scissorhands, Brazil. Nothing for Brazil. <laughs> the weirdest of all. Yeah, that I. Y- you'll notice I did not stop on Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> you actually got more silent. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't know how I did that. I think it's because you took my breath away. 
Oh, well, thank you. As Terry Gilliam does all of us. Yes. Uh, here's, here's one that I would pull out. This is the last one I have on my list of mm-hmm. notable films that take place during Christmas. And we could, we could do an hour of this is Trading Places, hmm. which is a classic comedy. And I don't say this just because it takes place in Philadelphia, but because it's a great Christmas comedy. Ugh. Everything that happens. The only reason you're Christmas. doing this is because of Philadelphia. You know that. As you said that, you knew it was a lie. Would you? I, I didn't. Hal, I put your hoagie true. down <laughs> and let's talk about some Christmas movies. Wait a second. When I was in Philadelphia for Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. I, we landed at the airport and then went to dinner at a very nice uh, Italian restaurant, the name of which is escaping me right now. Uh-huh. But I hadn't heard like a, like a really strong Philly accent yet. And I always, you, you hear a ton of them because you're in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I heard like something okay, decent at the airport. Then our waiter comes up at this restaurant. Oh dear. The second he says, let me tell you about the shape of the day. That turning an <laughs> S into an SH is like, cle- like that is, <laughs> like a tenth level <laughs> Philly accent. Yeah, this, this guy is all I could hear. Th- this guy, uh, this guy has attained has attained Philly accent nirvana. Exactly. He's like he's like we got minestrone soup with a pasta and sauce on side. So that's just a speech impediment. Oh my god, was it George Thorogood? <laughs> yes, Philadelphia's own George Thorogood has been relegated to working in an Italian restaurant. It's oh, delicious. Just for this, this meat falls off the bone. <laughs> so, all right, it's not. It's not just that it takes place in in Philadelphia. I will say it is. It is very much a movie that is that is built around Christmas. Yes, and and New Year's as well. So. I, I'm saving that one as well. It's going to stick around for a while. All right. Trading Places and um, Die Hard. You're keeping Trading Places and Die Hard only long enough to have them eliminated by one of the real Christmas movies. I get it. You want to keep them on the, on the table for as long as possible. It's like, yes, you and, know, and the- you know that it wasn't Miss Scarlet with the candlestick in the conservatory, but you just like the pretty picture on her card. So you want to leave her on the table for a while. I get it. Yes. She was gorgeous, man. Those that seventies clue box was uh, <laughs> was something else. By the way, if it was that. her, if it was her, her card wouldn't be on the. You know, never mind. <laughs> yeah, Gags knows how to play. Clue. I, everybody, I know how I don't to play. Need clue. To write in. <laughs> I don't. I, I felt. I felt compelled or... as a nerd. I felt compelled to correct myself on that. I actually. <laughs> I actually tapped myself on my own shoulder and went. Um, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say you saved yourself a lot of um actuallys by uh, correcting yourself. Speaking of um actually, let's yes. uh move now to a movie that I think is sort of a gray area between um Christmas movie and movie that features Christmas prominently that isn't necessarily okay. a Christmas movie, and that's Love Actually. Okay. Um, I love this movie. Uh, I. I watch it every year on Christmas around Christmas time. It is in my, in my folder of movies that are labeled Christmas movies. Love actually is in there, but I can see how it's more of, it's less the perfect Christmas movie and more the perfect romantic comedy. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, but I, I'm right with you. I would call it a Christmas film as well because it's built around Christmas. If you remove Christmas from that movie, You've lost something. Christmas is the thing that brings all of these disparate stories together. Right. And you learn about all the connections 
of these characters. Important exposition happens at Christmas parties and on Christmas Eve and I, I, I think it's absolutely 100% a Christmas film. And God, there are so many beautiful, uh, so many beautiful moments in that movie that just, that, I mean, it's a romantic comedy. So they're going to be like the big flashy epic ones where the whole village, uh, rallies behind Colin Firth and they all go together to, uh, well, they're not really rallying behind him. They're more of a misunderstood, misunderstanding mob, but it looks visually like they're rallying behind him. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's little moments like when, uh, when Emma Thompson discovers the truth about her husband and knows that she can't cry right now because she's got to go to this thing. She physically is trying to push tears back inside her face. That is one of the great acting moments of cinema. And that moment I think is so beautiful watching a brilliant actor physically try to put tears away. It is, oh man, it is heartbreaking. Um, and, uh, Christmas is all around you, uh, is one of the great Christmas <laughs> tunes. Um, yes. So I don't know. I err on the side though with love actually. And a lot of these more modern films, uh, even some that we're probably going to talk about later as we get, as we start to narrow it down to the real number, you know, high number classics. There's, there's something for me about a Christmas movie that has stood the test of time. It's kind of the same thing we had with our Christmas specials where the new ones are great. There's a lot of great new ones, but I, there's so much tradition around some of the older ones that have really become Christmas classics. Like I think it takes a while to become a classic, even though we're doing best Christmas movie and not necessarily most classic Christmas movie. Sure. I think what we're going to wind up picking is going to be one of the classics. Does that make I sense? Have a very, yes, I, it absolutely makes sense. I agree with you 100%. And I think that I, in my mind, this is like a two or three horse race uh-huh. and, and none of these movies are the horses yet, but they're really good. And, and it may be that we look at them and say they, they do sort of supplant uh, what have become the Christmas classics or standards. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why those movies are, are, there's a reason why something's the most classic Christmas movie. Yeah. It's because it's, it remains relevant. And we still watch it. We still get something out of it. And for and, me, Love Actually isn't quite there. Right. Um, so Love Actually, you are wonderful, but we're, we're putting you in the same bin that Lethal Weapon is in right now. I will, I will 100% watch you this Christmas. Um, it's such, such a shame. Love Actually was only five days away from retirement. <laughs> Got eliminated for the list. Also, Love Actually, epileptic unless on stage. Um, <laughs> Uh, I feel like there are some Christmas movies too that are old. Uh, so they are classic films. Uh, this is sort of the opposite. They have stood the test of time in that people watch them every year, but they don't have that same ubiquitous popularity that other Christmas movies have. While they remain classics, they're not going to wind up being number one on our list, but I think those movies are worth a mention. Uh, movies like Christmas in Connecticut, and right. uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, which gave us the beautiful song sung by Judy Garland, um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. These movies, these aren't the ones that play in prime time on a network at Christmas time. No, they're on AMC, hosted by Leonard Malton, and nobody mm-hmm. watches. And and th- it's not even supposed to be on, just they left the studio door open and Leonard Malton <laughs> snuck in. <laughs> Said, here's a list of Christmas movies. Uh, like, Look at my beard. 
Um, does he does he end every sentence with look at my beard? Yes, yeah, so I'll have the soup, please. When he doesn't say it out loud, he mouths it. <laughs> oh, like it's his mantra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, That's the only thing keeping him sane. Uh, all right. Uh, another great one. Uh, Shirley Temple and Ginger Rogers. Teenage Shirley Temple and Ginger Rogers mm-hmm. in uh, I'll Be Seeing You in 1944. Yep. A really great movie. Um, I, I loved this movie. Not really a Christmas classic. It's one of those ones that's set at Christmas. Um, right. but I wanted to give that one a shout out as well. Uh, do and you I, think we're, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I wonder, are we both, uh, about to talk about Holiday Inn? I was, I wasn't going was to, to but I think that, uh, I think that's a good idea. This is, this seems like the time for it. So, so this was, this movie was the birthplace of, of, of the winner of best Christmas song, White Christmas. Mm-hmm. However, White Christmas might be an opt, an optimal song for this film because it does feature some racism in it. <laughs> yes, it does. I, fe- I didn't mean so, to laugh so heartily at the idea of racism. I apologize. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, it's just, uh, it was just know. me forgetting that it had racist moments in it. Um, yeah, there, there's like just straight up blackface in that movie. Yeah, which is not okay. You, no. The best Christmas movie cannot have blackface in it. No. Can it? No. Of Probably not. not. Right? You guys, the Definitely best Christmas not. movie I mean, is probably. Song of the South. <laughs> I was just at Disneyland for a uh, like a, our uh, the team that I'm on at my mm-hmm. day job, our, the marketing department. We had our our annual outing, and we we went to Disneyland. Cool. And I went on Splash Mountain. Which mm-hmm. is the only, really the only part of the park that really has any kind of connection to Song of the South because it uses Zippity Doodah and it's, the Brer Bear, Fox, and Rabbit character. They have done a great job of eliminating everything about Song of the South from that ride that isn't wholesome and Zippity Doodah based. Yes. But I had to explain to the coworkers I was with because I, I was just rattling off Disneyland and Disney facts while we were on every ride. Mm-hmm. At, by request, not just, uh, you know, this uh, ride started in 1957, <laughs> but I was explaining uh, the, the, my coworkers. <laughs> you will do that though. Me. I know you. <laughs> of course I will. But I had permission, so it was better. All right. They wanted to hear it, Mark. They you're did. the, you're the wise um, old sage. Yeah. <laughs> At the, at the ripe old age of 30, forever. Um, oh but I, I was to have, I had to explain what Song of the South was to some of the younger people on our team. Yeah. Probably, probably shouldn't have. You should have just said, Oh, this is a, this is a cartoon they made years ago. Turn it into a ride. Next. <laughs> like people don't need to know that Song of the South exists. That's right. It's yeah. It's pro- well. You know what? They should know. They should be aware. We can't That's just true. turn a blind eye to terrible things. You know uh, what, Hal? Okay. You're right. Yeah. So, so of the classic movies, we're going to eliminate those, including Holiday Inn. All right. Um, now that we've eliminated a whole bunch of movies, and all that we have left are modern Christmas classics, and or I won't say classics, modern excellent Christmas movies and legit yeah. Christmas classics. Before we delve into those. Now seems like a good time for us to take a little break and uh, introduce you folks to some of the amazing podcasts that the Maximum Fun Podcast Network has to offer. Do it, Rockapella. 
Hi, my name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. We host the medical history podcast Sawbones, a tour of all the weird, stupid, terrible, horrifying, hilarious ways that we've tried to fix people over the years. If you haven't been listening to Sawbones, you've missed out on topics like the seasick proof saloon, the woman who gave birth to bunnies, the unkillable Phineas Gage, the true story of Typhoid Mary, polio. And you can check out Sawbones every Wednesday by going to iTunes or wherever podcasts are sold. They don't sell podcasts. I told you this. Or presented. <laughs> Offered for free. It's free. What better selling point could there be than that? Every Wednesday, MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are offered at Sawbones. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective. <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zone. It's a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs> And we're back. What's up, everybody? Uh, let's talk about the classics now. Um, do you want to start okay. with some, do you want to start with the modern classics? Yeah, let's, let's do modern classics. I, and there are others, I, I, just in case anybody wants to jokingly bring up like four Christmases or Christmas with the cranks or mm-hmm. jingle all the way. They're not, we're, they're not up for discussion. <laughs> the be- they're fine the movies. They're Christmas- enjoyable. Yeah. The, the best Christmas movie does not have Sinbad in it. I guarantee you that. I guarantee it. No offense, Sinbad, but you are not in the best Christmas movie. I know it. Uh, art. You know what Sinbad is in is First Kid, which also features a young Ben Acker playing a photographer, acting in this movie, playing a photographer. Really? Have you seen, have you oh, seen yeah. the footage? Oh, yeah. I've seen it. He has long <laughs> hair. Like really long hair. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was an extra in it we, when he was in high school or something, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll go do this movie. This seems fun." But because he's so tall, he stands out and should really ha- be credited with a, a role in that movie. Yeah, of course. And his uh, feet were once in an episode of Will and Grace. That's true. Superstar Ben Acker, everybody. Proud to call Superstar. him our friend. That's uh, right. All right, so let's go with what would you say are? I'll give you a couple. And you can um, give me a couple. Uh, okay. I will say, I will say, uh, Elf and Christmas Vacation are definitely oh, on that see, list. I I don't even think of Christmas Vacation as recent. So so would something made in the eighties be a recent? Yeah, I think film? I think in the eighties, eighties uh, would count as recent in our lifetimes, I guess. Okay, then uh, a Christmas story. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. I didn't even th- I could because that you know it's funny that takes place in the 40s I think of it as an old-timey classic. Yes, exactly. Um, that's that's the magic of a Christmas story. Also um, Scrooged. Scrooged, another one from the 80s. Um I would say I mean Scrooged is so much fun. There's no, Bill Murray doesn't do bad work. He's no. maybe in movies that aren't great, but he he makes everything he's in better and he's great in everything. Have you seen his his Christmas special on Netflix. I've not seen it yet. A very Murray Christmas. 
Yes. I'm about halfway through and I'm really enjoying it. About halfway through? How long is it? What, did you pause to uh, record this episode? Listen, <laughs> when I watch something with my darling wife, there's a lot of pausing involved. Oh, does that drive you point, crazy? Oh, it drives me insane. Oh, my God. At, at a certain point, <laughs> there may be a pause that is, all right, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. That, that means oh. we're watching this. And that means what? <laughs> that means we're done watching. Yeah. Does that wait? Don't you just why don't you just stay in there and finish it? Because I assume we're going to watch it together. But then yeah. sometimes later on, I can I could have finished. I find out I could have finished it on my yeah, own. Of course, but I didn't. Um, this has happened to me more than once with Juliana, where she will. Uh, and this I don't know why this drives me so crazy. Is the let's go to bed. We'll watch the rest tomorrow. First of all, no. we never we never watch the rest tomorrow. Second of all, <laughs> if we were to watch the rest tomorrow, I would rather start over at the beginning and watch the whole thing again. You are asking me to take an intermission in the middle of a thing where act one and act two are separated by a night of sleep. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to start. That's, I'm just going to start it over and watch it again. Or I'm just going to stay up and finish watching it while you go to bed. Has she, has she traditionally, did she grow up only watching, um, films that came on the, the two VHS cassette sets? Like <laughs> The Godfather? Where it's like, oh, yeah. uh, Sonny just got plugged to the toll booth. I guess I can go to sleep and then I'll do the other tape tomorrow. Yeah. She got to that point in Braveheart where, uh, King Edward Longshanks goes, whom do I send? And then it cut <laughs> off. <laughs> Which is exactly, by the way, where that movie cut off. I don't know why I remembered that. <laughs> but enough about our wonderful significant others' uh yeah. viewing habits. Um so what else what else is on this list? Arthur Christmas is great. Um Okay. The uh the Santa Claus the movie, another excellent uh Dudley Moore and John Lithgow just gobbling up scenery. Uh yes. that's another really really fun one. Um and of course, uh, I think you you mentioned it when I interrupted you. Uh Ron Howard's how the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. oh, gosh. Uh, now we're just, there's so many of them. Uh, Home Alone yeah. and the Santa Claus. The sequels are not going to win, but Home Alone and the no. Santa Claus are also on this list. Yeah. And to me, like, we're, there are only a few here. We're really giving a lot of lip service right now. So I know, I, mean, I know we are. We there's, but there's so many that we have to get through because we spent so much damn time me trying to convince you that. All that lethal weapon and junk wasn't really Christmas movies. And I still was able to save three Ugh. movies from that fire. I can't look, I can't believe I'm having to say pay so much quick lip service to great Christmas movies and trading places is still on the list. I'm getting rid of that one right now. Just for okay, that fine. reason. Just for that reason. Just my anger at you talking about Philadelphia so much. Let's find a Christmas well, then- movie, Hal. Then look, in the interest of time, let's wipe out a ton of these movies and let's get down to – I think I can get us down to five movies. Okay. You will not only not want to bring any more movies in, but we'll be able to really concentrate on the movies that uh, that that really have a shot at winning this thing. Great. Okay? So as we do this though, I would like to – I would like to – before we get rid of them, do treat it like a reality show where as someone gets kicked off, they do that montage, like the funeral montage where they talk about all the great things of that movie or that person. Oh, absolutely. That, that when, when, right? Look, w- once we're down to the finalists, we're going to say, we're going to talk about those. We're going to analyze. All right. Them. 
But we so, need to get to them. So you eliminate uh, – sorry. I, I, some words are tough for me to say right now, um, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, you have George Thorogood's disease. Oh, man. I've got to I've got to go talk to a specialist. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, do you want to hear the five that I think are our finalists? Uh, well, and, let's and then, uh, let's do the, let's do the eliminations first uh, because I think you and I are going to have the same five. So, why don't you of that list that we just gave? I'm assuming most of them are on that list. If I have to stop you and pull a trading places and save one, I may have to. Listen, I'm willing to throw out almost every movie we just listed with with the exception of a Christmas story. Uh I would also like to save uh, uh Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's okay. Christmas Vacation. So we've got we've got Vacation, okay? Mhm. And Christmas Story. All right. Is so let's any- give let's say our favorite things about all of those other ones that you're eliminating because oh, god it kills me fun. to eliminate them. I I do love Home Alone. I think Home Alone is is a fantastic movie, imminently watchable. You can watch it over and over and over again. Yeah, some, I think the slapstick comedy is not dead thanks to that movie. No, yeah, and it's it's heartwarming and fun. And Catherine O'Hara trying to get back to Chicago and and being in the back of the truck with uh with John, John Candy. Candy and his yeah. polka band is fantastic. The whole thing is just. Top to bottom, excellent. And Joe Pesci and and Daniel Stern are fantastic as the Wet Bandits. Mm-hmm. Excellent villains. Eliminated. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else was on the list? Oh, I hate to eliminate Scrooged, but um, we're gonna we're gonna have to have a side note and talk about. Uh, you know what? Let's do it now. Christmas Carol. You, you want to throw? You want to do the best Christmas Carol here and not save it as a gift for next year? No, I was I'm just give you that how, now. I was just going to say. <laughs> Christmas Carol is will be an ep, an entire episode next year okay. of best Christmas Carol. This is next Christmas we're going to do best version of a Christmas Carol. And neither so, of us thinks that any version of a Christmas Carol is going to win this episode. Is that correct? Maybe the Reginald Doe in 1938, but I'm going to I'm willing to eliminate it. Okay, Christmas Carol, goodbye, including Scrooge. Um, Goodbye, all right. including Scrooge. Yes. Fred and Claus, Fred Claus, really fun. Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti are hilarious as brothers. Santa Claus being a jerk. Great. Uh, you're not going to win, but we love you and you're very funny. Additionally, a bad Santa movie called Bad Santa. Boy, is that a really fun, amazing movie. Billy Bob Thornton turns in a great performance as well as a, uh, a really fun performance from the kid in that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. but not going to win. No. Uh, Santa Claus, the movie. Great. Dudley Moore, John Lithgow, uh, killing it. Uh, John Lithgow shoving as many candy canes into his mouth as the police are showing up at his office is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, if you want to see will... a villain just relish being a villain, watch John Lithgow in that movie. I will tell you, I don't think that movie holds up. <laughs> As well as a lot of people think it does. I don't think you hold um, up as well as a lot of people think you do. Well, that's that's just mean. I'm sorry true. for getting heated. I love you. That's You're my fine. brother. I love you too. You're all my right. brother. Uh, what okay. else did we get? I'd all like of to, them? to I want to mention the ref just because it's a fantastic uh, performance. It's Dennis Leary, Judy Davis, and Kevin Spacey uh, mm-hmm. among many others. 
it is a fantastic movie. I'm not even going to get into what it is here. I will just encourage you to go watch it. It came out in like 1994. It sort of flew under the radar, but it is hilarious and heartwarming and just, just a really like fun movie to watch. Highly recommend it. Uh, and then I think the last two, um, I'm going to take, well, Miracle on 34th Street, the remake, really fun, but I think the original is going to make the final list, so we can get rid of the, am, am I correct in saying that? I, I think that's fair to say, right. although our friend Mara is in that, uh, is in the remake. And she is wonderful in it. Mara, She's we wonderful. love you if you're listening. We do. Um, but, uh, the, the last two that's going to be difficult for me to eliminate, but I'm willing to do it. Uh, since they were on that list and you said you wanted to eliminate all of them from this list, uh, mm-hmm. I hate to do it because I love them so much. Elf and the Santa Claus. Both you know feature two great comedians at the top of their game. I, I do think Elf is great. I actually, Elf had slipped out of my mind and neither of those movies were the movies I thought you were going to say. Oh. Um, I'm almost willing to, to take Elf, although I don't know that Elf is better. It's so great. Is it better than than? It, here's the problem. Oh man, this is tough because Elf has has very quickly become a classic. Yes, it's one. So, it, it has what? it has gotten its status of we're going to run it continuously on one of the networks on a day mm-hmm. during the holiday season. I think it's USA or one of them plays Elf all day, and you don't get to that status unless you're a new classic. Okay, then you know what? As as we've been known to do before, I'm going to go back on what I said. Mm-hmm. And let's let's save Elf. Now, the two I thought you were going to mention mm-hmm. were Polar Express. Oh, so and, good. And the Grinch. Yeah. But I, here here's my argument. Here's why I do not think it's the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Because everything that falls outside of the actual Grinch story is of zero interest to me. I don't care how he became the Grinch. I just want to see – I was just interested in seeing – a, a movie made out of that story. How would they expand that story internally mm-hmm. instead of externally? You That's didn't like, you didn't like the, uh, you didn't like the scene where the, uh, the little guy from Passions shaved. <laughs> no, but I love that. That's his name to you. <laughs> My apologies to that fine actor. Um, I believe he's passed away. Oliver Sholem. Um, um, Oliver Sholem. Who's he? <laughs> no, no, that's not right. <laughs> uh, great. Tell Oliver Sholem we loved him in The Grinch. Is that right? What's happening? That's fine. It's okay. fine. We'll just accept that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, my brain is not getting enough oxygen. So have we, <laughs> have we, have we whittled them down to th- the big ones? Yes. I think we've pulled three out of the, the modern era, let's call it, that I don't think anybody can I don't think there are any that are better than those three. And what I are the three that we've pulled from the modern era? Christmas Story? We have Elf. We have a Christmas Story, Elf. And, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Three classics. Yes. Modern day classics. Okay. So now we go back in time. Yes. Um, since we've, since those are the three, you're, you're willing to say that those are the three from the modern era that, we, that are going to go up against these class, these cl- other classics. Yes. It's very hard not to take Home Alone. Right. It's very hard. But those but are I the only three. Uh, yes, Die Hard didn't make it. Is that what you want to know? Gotcha. <laughs> you and your gotcha podcasting. 
I love that you totally busted me on that. Uh, all right. Totally busted. We're just uh, we're just Professor X and Magneto playing chess. I we guess know all so. the moves already. We really do. We know all the moves. <laughs> all right. And I guess because I'm a Jew, I'm Magneto. Anyway, back to the classic film. Wait, Magneto was Jewish? I never saw first class. Yes. How do- <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that movie is a Hanukkah film. So Really? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh so are we doing best Hanukkah film as as an episode now? It's only X-Men First Class, so that one wins automatically. No, Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> no, that's the only Christmas movie uh, or Hanukkah movie I'm willing to recognize. I actually really liked sorry, Eight Crazy Adam. Nights. Adam Sandler in an animated movie it was great. Okay. Uh, you know what? It can be the best uh, the best Hanukkah movie. Yeah, That's like the pamphlet of uh, famous Jewish sports legends from airport or yeah. uh, airplane. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, Sandy Koufax so- was a heck of a ball player. That's that's true. He's the and one. Sean He's the Green. only one everybody mentions. Sean Green. <laughs> Sean Green, the the one nobody mentions except yeah. for me and but, and David but Berman. But if those are the two, then do a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and a Muhammad Ali cancel them out? Yes, that's right. When are we doing best things. religion? <laughs> All right. Don't try and sneak it into this one. <laughs> okay. Uh I'm going to I'm going to read off the ones that I think are going to be up for best uh best of the classics. And okay. I think we're going to agree on these four movies. It's right. a Wonderful Life. Yep. Miracle on 34th Street. Yes. White Christmas. Yes. And what was the fourth? I had a fourth. I, I hope it wasn't Holiday Inn. It wasn't Holiday Inn. Is it just those three? It's just those three. You don't have yeah. four. You don't, no, have, I don't have four. four. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, um, the list that Kate sent us and, uh, I thought there was another one. Oh, Santa Claus conquers the Martians. Yes. There it is. No, no. We eliminated that first. How dare you? How dare you All try right. and bring that back in? All right. Um, <laughs> so on the table right now, are we going to, are we going to play the game of eliminating one at a time? Uh, I do one, I you do one, are. I do one, you do one. Okay. It's a wonderful life. Miracle on 34th street, white Christmas. Elf, Christmas Vacation, and A Christmas Story. Yes? Yes. Okay. Uh, Do you want to go first? Yes. Yes, I do. And I'm going to take the youngest of these films. Mm -hmm. And while it has become a Christmas classic, and I I adore it, I I have to say it's a ding against it that the main song that they sing to to one another is "Baby It's Cold Outside." We cannot get away from that <laughs> dang song. Did I tell you Juliana is making me do that song in this show? Yes, you yeah. got to tell her. She yeah. got to know. We reverse the we reverse the roles so she's the Cosby. So it's fine. <laughs> oh, good lord. Now, now, forevermore, that has to be when they sing the song. All right, which one of us is the Cosby in this one? <laughs> Uh, oh, Bill Cosby. Such a disappointment as a I human know. being. So All right. I would eliminate Elf. All right. Elf is, uh, Elf is wonderful. And I am, um, I'm willing to eliminate that as well. I would agree with you. Okay. I would say each of us have one save. How's that? Okay. Let's keep it. If there. we need it. Okay. If we, if we, if we don't agree. If we uh, need it. Okay. All right. Um, I love it. 
It's an amazing movie. It makes me laugh infinitely, and I've seen it a hundred times. But I don't think it's going to beat the gold, silver, or bronze on this list. And it may not be for everyone. There's a little bit of swearing in it. Uh, as much as I love every character and every performance in this movie, I'm going to have to eliminate Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it, but it does have, it does feature the great, uh, Melikaliki Maka. It as does. Performed by, by Bing Crosby as, as Clark imagines the pool in his backyard with all the bonus <laughs> yes. money he's getting. It is a great, I mean, it's fantastic. And one of the greatest I, casts in movie history. Aside from the yes. Griswold family, um, there's Randy Quaid, Brian Doyle Murray. You've got, uh, just them, I guess. That's it. That's the whole list. It's just them. They play all the other characters. <laughs> you actually have, uh, David Duke. E.G. Marshall. And, uh, and, uh, that's Daniel right. Dreyfus as their neighbors. Yes. Oh, they're who, who live in the 80s-iest house. Um, yes. <laughs> the, the, the two of them, uh, playing the Scrooges of that movie was an inspired bit of casting. Just these two hot young actors playing jerks who are too cool for Christmas and then get their comeuppance. It's great. Yeah. Um, fantastic movie. But sadly so, eliminated. So now we're down eliminated. to, we're down to five. Okay. It's a wonderful life. Miracle on 34th street, a Christmas story, white Christmas. That's it. We're down to four. We're down to four. We're down to four. All right. We're down to four. We're only down to four. Okay. Uh, I'm going back. I'm going to go into the classics mm-hmm. to remove one. As much as I love this movie and I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot. And, uh, recently the, the Friday, the, this Friday passed, we had the, the thrilling adventure hour fun around, mm-hmm. the holiday fun around at which you were terribly missed. Oh, but thank the, you. I was really upset to not be there. The variety portion of that evening started with the song Snow at, at my request. I, I asked Ben if we could do it. He said yes. So I got to sing it with Busy and Annie and Mark McConville. And it's from the movie White Christmas, which is so enjoyable and so sweet and so not going to win this contest. Really? I may have to yes. use my save. I think this is a okay. superior, I think this is a superior movie to, uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. So As a Christmas movie. Um, specifically because of the music of it. I love the music in this movie. It's responsible. It, this, it's not responsible for it, but it features and came out of the greatest Christmas song of all time as determined by this very program. Um, the cast is amazing. The Technicolor is beautiful. The dancing is great. And while I love Miracle on 34th Street and everything that it has to say, I think that White Christmas is a superior movie and provides, uh, it's, it's, it's color. <laughs> I mean, as dumb as that sounds, it's, it's <laughs> colorful. It's vivid. It's bright. It's got music, uh, Ah, uh, I mean, I know they're, I think they're both going to wind up getting eliminated anyway, but I just wanted the silver medal to go, or, you know, I wanted, I wanted White Christmas to go higher than Miracle on 34th Street, which is a great movie and a classic, but it's a courtroom you drama. Know, you know what though? I, I, I'm surprised to hear you say this because I, at the beginning, you were saying how much the, it has to be about the spirit of Christmas. And what's more about the spirit of Christmas than maintaining belief in something 
in in the face of everyone telling you that that Santa is not real and Santa doesn't actually exist. It's about maintaining and keeping that faith and having that that belief in the magic of Christmas rewarded. So now, Miracle on 34th Street has – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say that being said, we could probably eliminate both of them. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to do, Hal. Go ahead. I would like to take the heartfelt sentiment of the need to believe and I'd like mm-hmm. to put it in the driver's seat. I would yeah. like to take the beautiful music of Irving Berlin and whoever else wrote music for White Christmas and the performances and the love story and the beautiful setting and the near perfection that is White Christmas, the near perfection mm-hmm. that is both movies. I didn't mean to disparage sure. uh, Miracle on 34th Street. And I would like to take White Christmas and I'd like to put it in the passenger seat. And okay. I would like I would like the two of them to put the top okay. down. Hold hands. (laughs) And let's give them the Thelma and Louise send-off that they deserve. (laughs) Listeners, in case you are not a fan of the the early work of Ridley Scott, (laughs) or the middle work of Ridley Scott, Mark is proposing these two movies drive off a cliff together while holding hands. You know what? I stand behind him 100%. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so it's down to two. It's down to a modern classic and, oh boy, it's going to be tough to beat. It's a wonderful life, but a Christmas story could do it. If anyone can do it, a Christmas story can do it. These are the two. I feel like these were the two that I thought I, I I figured it was going to come down to these two. It's sort of, these two were destined to meet in the ring Mm -hmm. for, for supremacy. And so let's, let's dig into them a little bit. Okay. Um, I think that, that It's a Wonderful Life is a much, uh, darker film. It was made, uh, I think it came out in, in uh, 1946. So Jimmy Stewart in that time had gone from being an aw shucks actor to serving during World War II, which was, which was traumatic for everybody who served in that war. Mm-hmm. And so when he came back, he was a different actor than he was when he left. He could not have done he could not have played the role that he played in It's a Wonderful Life pre-war. This is like a harrowed character. This is a character who's considering suicide. It's, it's very dark. Um, and, and much different from the, the Jimmy Stewart work that people had seen previously. And he pulls it off a hundred percent. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're completely bought into, to sort of his suffering and, and the way that that, the way the movie plays out his, his, life and takes you back in time. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just so great. It's just, I mean, and the movie was a failure commercially mm-hmm. when, when it was released. It was like a Frank Capra f- flop. But, uh, th- thanks. Which, to is the, that what they the put on the title thing. card at the end of the movie? Yes. <laughs> it, right, right after the bell that says Liberty Films, a Frank Capra flop. <laughs> That's why it didn't exactly. sell. But so this was this movie became a classic by a loophole. Thank you to Kate for for doing the research on this. Mm-hmm. That they had a lapsed copyright because of a clerical error, and because of that, it was played all the time in the early days of television because it cost nothing to broadcast and it was something you could show during the holidays. So 
people, it was sort of, um, force fed to people to the point that it became a classic. But it deserves its status. It absolutely does. It's not, it's not just a classic because everybody's seen it a million times. It really is. A, a, an amazing, amazing movie. And for me, I have a special place for it because my dad and I watch this movie every year at Christmas and can repeat it word for word. Uh, I don't, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like It's a Wonderful Life is Christmas from the point of view of an adult who needs it, who needs Christmas to save him. It's a redemption story. Um, right. A Christmas story is, uh, is from a child's point of view and is relishing in it and is not about redemption. It doesn't, it doesn't evoke redemption so much as nostalgia. And I guess what is the more, you know, what's the more vital thing at Christmas time is part of that for me. Like which, which themes ring more resonant. Um, but to talk a little bit about a Christmas story, um, it's, it's not dark in the way that It's a Wonderful Life is. It's a Wonderful Life it w- is w- the story of watching a man become jaded and right. lose his shine. A Christmas story, I guess in part of it it is because, you know, he gets the letter that says you'll shoot your eye out and then Santa tells him he'll shoot his eye out. You'll shoot your eye out is uh, Ralphie getting, you know, taken down a peg each time and a little more and more jaded about Christmas. Um, but it's really a story about wide-eyed wonderment at the idea of what Christmas promises. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go, you go ahead and finish, and then I'll ask you. My- no, I mean, we you, you spoke a little bit about uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I'd like to give uh, Christmas Story its due as well, because I do love that viewing the world through a child's eyes at Christmas time. It's one of the reasons that we picked Charlie Brown Christmas as the best Christmas special. Um, yes. And that it just, you, you, everybody remembers what they were like as a kid wanting, you know, wanting something for Christmas so badly, whether or not it was a commercial or uh, material materialistic thing doesn't matter. It's just about joy and, um, yeah, I I don't know where I'm going with this, but you see where I'm going, Hal. <laughs> no, I do. Look, <laughs> you're Magneto something- to my Professor X. <laughs> I got all tongue-tied and nostalgic. <laughs> Christmas story, which takes place in um in 1940s Indiana or maybe mm-hmm. late 30s. There, uh, there's 40s. something to it. Uh, uh, 40s. Mm-hmm. So there's something to it where even though it takes place in a completely different. Uh, period of time and in a different world, there's something very infinitely relatable about it. Mm-hmm. Like you feel a connection to the film and to the characters in the film and to the things that are happening. It feels like you're in the living room with them on Christmas morning when they open everything up and you feel like you're at the department store with them when they go to visit Santa Claus and, and in the classroom, there's just something it like, it's like the, the robe that you have. That's the mm-hmm. perfect softness, the perfect size, and when you put it on, it's like wearing a hug. That's what that movie is is to me more so than than It's a Wonderful Life, which is a great reminder uh, to have faith in human beings, and to and and that how you view the world is going to dictate what you pull out of it. So so not that I'm someone who believes in the secret as mm-hmm. it's written in in that book. But right. there is something to 
to your attitude and outlook and perception of things affecting your reality. And I think that movie covers it so well. But, but for me, like Christmas story is the movie I, I want to watch. I feel like if I don't watch it's a wonderful life though, that's, that's the one I'm like, Oh, I kind of missed out. I should have watched it. It's, it's the movie I should watch every Christmas. But now are you saying that a Christmas, you're saying that a Christmas story is the movie that, you absolutely have to watch and it's a wonderful life is the, Oh, I should have watched that. Or are you saying that Christmas story does not give you that feeling because you just in that comment, you just set it's a wonderful life at like an 80 is Christmas story 90 or 70. Uh, if, if I'll, I'll say if it's a wonderful life is a 90, mm-hmm. I'll say a Christmas story is a hundred for me or, or I'd put them at 99 and 100. There's something to Christmas story for me that just feels so familiar. You, you laugh every time you watch it. Darren McGavin as, as the old man. I mean, you never even get names for the parents, but Darren McGavin as the old man is, is, is a revelation. He's so great. I mean, there are great performances in that film. As a kid, I found myself really loving uh, the kid performances in that movie. And as an adult, I've really found myself loving Melinda Dillon and Darren McGavin in that movie. Just like, because, you know, Christmas changes. And I think you're right in that regard. The only thing that, the only thing that m- might edge It's a Wonderful Life for me is mm-hmm. the, is the storytelling of it. A Christmas okay. story is a less linear story. It's more vignettes the way that Charlie Brown Christmas was. Right. But there's something to Gene Shepard's narration. Absolutely. I was just in Epcot and uh, got to hear him uh, as the narrator for the Carousel of Progress. And all I could think was, wow, grown up Ralphie lived through the whole 20th century. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, I, I'm willing to, uh, I'm willing to. To agree with you on this one, I think that, uh, I think that you're right. I think that if I don't, it doesn't feel like Christmas if I don't see Ralphie with the leg lamp or there's so many iconic moments in that. Yeah. And plus it's, it's in a major color. award. Yeah. yeah. It's a major yes, award. It is in color. It meets your, uh, <laughs> it, meets, it meets my litmus test requirements. Yeah. Regardless of that, allow me to say this people of the world in just 48 hours, it will be Christmas Day. What will you do? You'll run downstairs or into your living room, find freshly wrapped presents underneath the tree from Santa himself. You'll tear them open. You'll enjoy a delicious lunch or early dinner or whatever. I don't know. I'm Jewish. The point being, <laughs> at some point that day, you're going to settle settle down. You're going to turn on TBS and you're going to catch hour 12 or 13 of a 24-hour marathon of the greatest Christmas movie of all time, A Christmas Story, directed by Bob Clark and starring a young Peter Billingsley who would go on to become the producing partner of John Favreau, who directed Elf. So little Ralphie is still bringing Christmas joy into homes everywhere. And that is why the leg lamp, the, the bumpus hounds and the the roast head of a Peking duck (laughs) round out the greatest Christmas movie of all time. 
Your best Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. Thank you, and to all a good night. Well spoken at the end there. So Thank poetic. I almost, I almost lost it. I was talking just like a second ahead of where my brain was going. <laughs> I think you may have almost lost it like you almost started crying. <laughs> it is That's a beautiful movie. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, there are many more topics that we need to cover in this new year, 2016. New year, new topics. Let's do this. Um, yes. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. On Facebook at forward slash We Got This Podcast. Or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com. Or go to the Maximum Fun subreddit. You'll see the topic is pinned to the top. And from there, you can submit to the longest thread of opinions and topics that you will read (laughs) on Reddit, which is a real accomplishment. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, Thanks, as always, to our musicians, Mike Furman and Jonathan Dinerstein, for our song and our score, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, to graphic designer Uri Kelman, and to our researcher, Kate McManus, who you can find on Twitter at L-I-B Kate M. And of course, thank you. You are such a Christmas present to us. And, uh, I hope that we can be a Christmas present to you or whatever holiday you celebrate. Uh, thanks for being a gift. Uh, and we will keep making these episodes as long as you keep listening to us ramble about things. Um, all decisions are final. Uh, for Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everyone. We We got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.